You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. A few weeks ago, we had a listener request from Charles Harrington for an episode regarding LGBTQ plus representation in games. Uh, we mentioned at the time that the only reason we haven't done so yet is because we just didn't find ourselves qualified to talk about it. Uh, however, we did promise to deliver this episode, and so we put out a call on Twitter, and here we are. Uh, today, we have a special guest with us to help us tackle this topic. Uh, they're a streamer, writer, and queer rights activist. Uh, welcome to the show, Kaiju. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Thanks. Uh, I came in with a pizza. Um, Whose <laughs> is this for? I'll just, uh, I'll just put it oh, down here. For Paul and Anna. They're here too. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. I like pizza. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure entirely. So so first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, what do you do? Um, I am a monster of many parts. I... I'm a writer. I am working on my own games. I grew up playing Perfect. games of all sorts on computers. I am an entirely uh, computer-based gamer from my early childhood onwards. Um, hey, what what, what about... was your first game? Yeah, yeah. Tell first, us a little bit about your like, game. Yeah, give us a little bit of a mini bio at least. Okay, so first one I can remember playing would probably be Alley Cat. Mm, um nice. back in this is probably be like 1989 maybe 1990 back when i was about two or three years old wow mm-hmm. um wow. then the next one i can remember very fondly was mixed up mother goose of course which yes. i i see that one quite a um a tie into a lot of adventure games that followed on mm-hmm. um the next really notice uh a lot of uh, Commander Keen, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the old mm-hmm. Apogee games, Doom, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then I got introduced to my favorite, which was uh, Monkey Island, The Secret of Monkey Island. Yes. Nice. Um, nice. And I was really, really fond of that one because that was also the first time I'd ever gone to see a CD-ROM. And this was this was back in the days when CD-ROMs had the little tray that came out and yes. you opened it up and put the CD mm-hmm. in and you put that in. And I got to play that at my, my dad's work because I was over there for some reason. And he had like a bunch of LucasArts games. I think he had that and Loom mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. both on CD. And then we put I just went, hey, this is a CD. We have a CD player at home. What happens if I put the CD for the game in the CD player? <laughs> and you got the game soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing, and my little heart just <laughs> melted that I could listen to Monkey Island the whole time. Um, but yeah, and I so, so was this in I, Australia? This was in Australia. Okay, uh, we usually got things about two to three years later than the states, mm-hmm. uh, just because Australia has always we we get kind of screwed when it comes to that sort of thing. I. I am very happy that we have stuff like Netflix and streaming services now because usually we used to get things about three months later than anyone else. Right. Bare mm-hmm. minimum. Right. Uh, a lot of very angry Game of Thrones fans, <laughs> i got to say. When <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> I can't go on the internet for three freaking years. Oh my yeah, God. Pre- pretty much. <laughs> um, so there was that. 
Uh, but yeah, I grew up, I think I've played almost every point-and-click adventure game ever made. Oh, uh, wow, okay. And so you're our best then, friend, basically. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, a few years ago, I started a project called the Digital Diversity Project, was all about focusing on the creators of games who were lgbtqia plus so not focusing so much on games that had gay themes or queer characters or anything mm. else like that but the people who made the games because mm -hmm. a lot of queer creators don't get jobs in the mainstream right uh, which is one reason why representation has always been terrible mm -hmm. not, not always terrible but most of the time terrible Mm -hmm. right. And I've mm -hmm. been doing that for about three years now and played a lot of games. But yeah, I'm very, very eclectic, very broad mix. I also do a lot of stuff about giant monsters because I'm all in on giant monsters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because when, when you're queer, you tend to identify a lot with non-human <laughs> stuff because, you know, people look at monsters and go, ah, big, scary, different from us. What do we do? And they look at uh, queer people the exact same way. Right. Um, Interesting. Oh, God, they're coming here to destroy our way of life. And it's like, wait, are you talking to me or Godzilla? Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sadly. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, something I wanted to ask you, and, and you kind of touched on it just there, so I might as well jump in with it, was I, I was, you know, doing a little research to for the episode and to speak with you, and I couldn't find any positive representation in classic games that I can recall, keyword being classic. Um, and also keep in mind, I'm really kind of only an adventure gamer, so I, I'm not really referencing anything outside of the genre, but just, you know, I couldn't think of even all that many, let's say, bad ones. Um, but I couldn't think of any positive. Uh, have you come across any, uh, maybe a short list of, of good representation? Ah, uh, yeah, I've I've actually got I kind of keep an ongoing list mm. myself because nice. there's a few on there's a few out there. Uh, if you Google, if you go onto Wikipedia, there's actually a list of LGBT characters. They don't include Q or anything else like that. No, uh, right. That's it's got some interesting stuff in there, but it's definitely not inclusive of everything. Um, there's also a really wonderful group called Represent Me. They mm -hmm. are a queer charity organization that focuses on uh, cataloging all the LGBTQIA plus representation mm. in games. Hmm. Uh, a lot of those times it's people sending in reports about, hey, this one has some queer characters in it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of, uh, say, retro game representation, the right. earliest one we have, which is actually, well, the earliest one we have that's track downable, I should say. There's right. a couple from this group called Froggy Software from mm -hmm. France that I just have not been able to find anything about, uh, is called Caper and the Castro. And that is one of the first uh, queer games ever made, ever distributed. It was from 1988. Uh, it was made in HyperCard for the Macintosh 2. Oh, I used to have uh, those at school. <laughs> yeah. 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 Realistic uh, whale is, sounds and everything. <laughs> it is also uh, the first example of uh, what's called charityware, which is a game that is made for the, strict, for the direct purpose of raising money for charity groups. Mm -hmm. And this was uh, made and... 
used to raise donations for uh, AIDS foundations in the 80s. Right. Because that was kind of a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, Might have heard a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the main character in that is queer. You're traveling. You're traveling around a uh, queer area in. God, I think that I think it's called the Castro. I can't remember. I think it's in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was I gave that a play relatively recently, and that is really good representation. And from 1988, that just blows my mind because most stuff after that is bad. Right, uh, and that is kind of indicated by not long after that was released, a straight-washed version of it came out uh, called I can't remember the name of it now, but um, a straight-washed version of it came out, and it removed all of the the queer characters and all the queer storylines and everything else like that, and just mm-hmm. went out and disappeared. Oh, and uh, after that. We got things, so if you're looking at uh, the 1980s, the two most notable examples of queer characters uh, are from the Mario series mm-hmm. and from the Final Fight series. From the Mario series, we got Birdetta, yes. right. who is consistently misgendered and dead-named throughout history from 1988 till today. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Because, quote unquote, Birdo, her name is Birdetta, and that is mm-hmm. the name she wants to be known by. Wait, I actually never knew that. Neither. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So this this is an ongoing one that has refused to shift, and it's even in, even included in a lot of the writing. It says Birdo, who want prefers to be known as Birdetta. It's like uh... you mean Birdetta. You, yeah. you don't need to say <laughs> <Right>. this. <laughs> as no. someone who is trans, you don't say dead name who wants no. to be known as this name. It's right. this name. Yeah. Um, it defeats the purpose, right? <laughs> yeah. Entirely defeats the purpose. Uh, from Final Fight, we got Poison, mm-hmm. uh, who is canonically transgender. Mm-hmm. But the reason that she was made to be canonically transgender was because Hitting a woman is bad, but hitting a trans woman is okay, apparently. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and that kind of goes on. There's a lot of stories. A lot of the stuff that came out of Japan, unfortunately, is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Japan, on the whole, has a pretty negative attitude towards uh, LGBTQIA plus stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and that unfortunately hasn't changed too much. Uh, relatively recently, it's been a little better, but we still get some really bad ones. Uh, but if we're talking about things like uh, Point and Click Adventures, we still actually have some representation across the years. Uh, some very questionable stuff as well. Uh, I had a look at the list recently, and um, there was one there for Rise of the Dragon, mm-hmm. which is a weird one kind of um uh mystery solving game uh mm-hmm. that's very strange and it's the whole claim of having queer characters in it is has a character that is uh posing as is a a woman character that is posing as a man posing as a woman and i'm like is that as good as you're gonna get because i don't even know where that counts 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a stretch. Uh, you've got uh, Laura Bow, The Dagger yep. of Amon Ra. Right. Yeah, I was waiting for that one. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple of... Um, uh, there's a lesbian couple there having an affair, which is questionable, but it exists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there yeah. is Rex Nebula and the Cosmic Gender Bender. Of which course, yeah. It's a beautiful big box s- for that game, but... Uh, yeah, I want to see it not exist. Yeah, that's exactly. Got some, that's got some really questionable, not even questionable, it's just bad. Right, <laughs> I've, got, right, I've just got right. my, my spreadsheet up here and there's certain ones that I've just got bad in capital letters. <laughs> see, I've never played that one. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised, though, going by the timeline. I have, title, but I played, yeah. yeah, I played that. I played a lot of this stuff when I was in my early teens uh, mm-hmm. and that one was the it that's one of those examples of games written by cis men that put a lot of trans people back in the closet mm. uh, uh. we get that with a, we get that with a lot of media as soon as you start making fun of trans people we just mm-hmm. kind of go hide right uh, for example if you go into movies ace ventura put a lot of trans people back in the closet Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that made a lot of trans people suddenly feel like we were disgusting, um, right? So it was just like, no, no, screw that. Uh, what else we got? Uh, there's Police Quest Open Season. Mm-hmm. There was, oh uh, yeah, I didn't there's, that some, one, right? there's some stuff in there. Um, Orion Conspiracy. That one I haven't gotten hold of yet. I need to have a look at that one. But mm. the main character's son in that one is gay and you get to meet their boyfriend and it's also the first use of the word homosexual in a in a video game oh really and that was oh. 1995 wow. so, that took a long time jeez yeah mm. some, somehow we went from 1988 where there was this game specifically about queer characters to 1995 where someone actually said homosexual um i'll, I'll stop at 2000 but we've got mm. we've yeah. got well, um fallout Right. Was the first game where you could have a same same gender marriage, mm-hmm. and that was oh, nineteen ninety eight. Right. Okay, yeah. So that was an interesting one, and then we got the the longest journey, mm-hmm. which is loved and is amazing, and this one is actually very important because it has gay and lesbian characters who are just living their lives yeah. as normal. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Right. No. No one is being seen as bad here no one is struggling to exist they are just living their lives and that's something mm-hmm. we don't see mm-hmm. that's yeah, right that's right just uh, humans especially exactly, not pre-2010 just... like not at all nowadays like it's actually out there a little bit but definitely not then even even then you, it's still yeah. like being queer in games is still a struggle yeah uh, i love how stardew the- valley did it they it did it cute. I know they're more recent, but I mean, my son has been married to a same sex, uh, his friend in the game. And it's just, it just, you're just married to somebody and you love them and you live with them. And it's, it's just cute and lovely. Yeah. That's, it's adorable. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of how they, um, in the more recent updates kind of screwed over polyamorous people. It's oh, like, you know, you can't, that? you oh. can't have a close relationship with another person while you're involved with someone else. You just can't do that. It's, it's bad. It's evil. Oh, Everyone else is going to have an intervention. It. They, oh, they fixed, fixed it? that on the, yeah, that's all fixed now. You can totally, oh. and, and they don't get jealous. Yeah. And you can even oh. do it within sight of people. That's oh, been nice. sorted actually just recently. Yeah. That oh, was that annoying. Makes me happy. 
That yeah, makes that yeah. makes me really happy. As, yeah, as a poly sure. person, it's like <laughs> what yeah. that, that that falls very much under the wait, you're married and you're having coffee with another person? Exactly. What? Like, is this not okay? Come on. <laughs> is, no, yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, for sure. Um Longest Journey did very well though, because that followed on with the Dreamfall chapters, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. kept that going. Right. So that was that was 14 years later. And it kept that same positivity wow. going, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then probably the one that has been most freeing for people was The Sims mm-hmm. in 2000. Yep. Mm. And I've done panels in the past where I've just asked people, where was your, where was that moment in gaming that felt right for you as a queer person? And so many answers were The Sims. Because... Mm-hmm. I got to create my ideal life right. with people that I wanted to be with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy crap, this is fantastic. And, yeah, the the amount of positivity that game came up with, uh, it's had some kind of awkward things in terms of gender and mental health and stuff over the years, but on the whole, that one has been one of the most positive forces for mm-hmm. for queer folks in games, I think. And... And then what? we get stuff happening up for like the next twenty years, but it's all mm-hmm. up and down. Well, I've never played The Sims, but there's one thing. Uh, there's one game which uh, did character creation so well. I don't understand why everyone's just not doing that right now. It's the the Saints Row series. Mm-hmm. Oh, Saint, Saints Row was it two that had the absolutely incredible one, or um, did it keep going? It might be like two onwards or something, but yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't let up. Um, but three I think great. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I played two. I'm pretty sure three and four. Uh, un- unfortunately, I just I don't really dabble too much. I kind of just play with um, a, a very basic kind of character. But mm-hmm. I understand that you. It's just like it's just free. Just like if it's in the game, you can mix and match anything you want to, however you want to do it. And it's like, mm-hmm. why aren't all RPGs or character creations this? Mm-hmm. It, it seems like you would have to go out of your way to make it not that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And it it really is. I've actually written articles about this sort of thing in character creation. Mm-hmm. That Saints Row is the only one so far that's done it right yeah uh and we were talking about stardew valley before i Mm -hmm. can't play stardew valley unmodded Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because character creation yeah yeah. i am non-binary which Mm -hmm. and my my identity of non-binary is not male not female i am Mm -hmm. to to sum up my version of it because non-binary is a very large umbrella term Mm -hmm. that covers so many different things it would take me three podcasts just to get through it all. But my particular identity is a poor agenda, which is my gender is mine alone. It mm-hmm. is how I identify it. It is how I create it. And I can't take that into Stardew Valley where it says, you're a farmer boy, you're a farmer girl. End, right. end story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, you definitely actually, have to put in the gender neutrality mod for that one, yeah. Yeah, someone made a very good gender neutrality mod. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take anything out of the game. It just Not at all. switches. It just goes... Body type one, body type two, mm-hmm. and you just, it's all gender neutral. And it's like, I love this, but I can't play it on my Switch. No, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so again, PC takes the lead on that one. 
That makes me think of a, a just a kind of maybe off the wall question, but I'm just curious as to what, what your preference would be. What it made me think of was how Space Quest was originally going to be an option between a guy and a girl. Um, I think it came down to, to disk space where, to where it was just a guy only. And I'm, I'm just wondering for, from your perspective, what would you prefer in this case where let's say Space Quest offers you guy and girl? Um, w- would you, would you, how I'm trying to, make this a little easier to understand uh, which would i prefer to pick based on my own gender identity well, no 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 that would be super rude of me to ask no i mean um <laughs> if would you prefer to <laughs> would you prefer to only have the option to be a male or would you prefer like in other words is it better to just make the player be let's say a male as opposed to only give them male and female and not male female no i'm sorry non-binary uh it's a good question and in the end i think it comes down to this is the game you're playing and the character you're playing as a specific role mm-hmm. is this uh is this johnny wilco and that is that the character that i am playing if so no problem because you're still you're taking on the role of a character there this isn't right. I am putting my identity into a character mm-hmm. or uh, my, my views into a character. Uh, this is I am taking over from this person in a story. Mm-hmm. It's right, like when you right. read a book. If, if, I, if I read Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, mm-hmm. I'm not putting myself into the story. I am mm-hmm. reading the story as Dirk Gently uh-huh. or mm-hmm. as right. the characters in that. If it is just that, I have no problem. Right. It is the way it goes. And if it's a matter of I am taking, I am able to put my identity into a game, mm-hmm. then I want either a range of options mm-hmm. or I think it would be easier to make a gender neutral character mm-hmm. to allow right. people to make, to take their own approach to it. And I think that's right. it is. People, a lot of a lot of developers think that making a gender neutral character is more effort than specifically gendering hmm. a character, hmm. and yeah. that's not true. It's easier hmm. to do it. Specifically, if you think in terms of something like voice acting, if you have a binary choice of characters, if you have a if you have a man and you have a woman as your binary choices. Your voice actors have to start recording, there he is, there she is, for everything. Mm-hmm. You've got to do two options every time. But if you go, there they are, you don't have that problem anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, here's, right, right. Here's a question um, in terms of... Uh, in terms of representation, uh, where is the line between representation and tokenism? Mm-hmm. Like, at what point does it become okay? Well, we we're putting this character in because we want to see more, as opposed to uh, we're putting this person in because we feel that we're just checking the checking the box. I think the line there is what is the character there for. Mm-hmm. What do, do you as a player see of the character? Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, let's look at uh, recent recent uh, yeah, recent example, Mass Effect Andromeda. 
<laughs> this one this one sparked quite a bit of uh backlash understandable because they have a trans non-playable character in that one mm-hmm. who essentially the moment you go up to her goes hi i'm trans here is my dead name right hmm. she's she has traveled hundreds of light years <laughs> across the galaxy to, from one galaxy to another galaxy Mm-hmm. And the first thing she does upon meeting the protagonist is say, hi, I'm trans. Here's my dead name. So you know it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's that, so, that similar, is... there similar in a, um, in a Baldur's Gate uh, expansion, wasn't there? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. That one was the, I think it was the recent up to, uh, expansion for yeah. one of the older Baldur's Gates, like That's Baldur's right, Gate yeah. 2 or something else. Yeah. Uh, the exact same sort of situation. Yeah. If you're wondering if your character is there for tokenism or just because they exist, look at how they react to the player. Mm-hmm. Look at how they react to their environment. Mm-hmm. If If right. their sole reason for being in a game is to say, hi, I'm a queer character, then it's tokenism. Right. Right. If if they exist within the game and there are some signs here and there, some some uh kind of uh queer queer identity kind of markers there, that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. That's because that's how you would find us in real life Mm -hmm. in real life you don't just go up to a person they go hi i'm very gay how are you (laughs) well this actually also brings up um (laughs) this also brings up uh uh have you played the red strings club Yes, I have, okay. and I have opinions. Yes, okay. <laughs> right, I, 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 I don't know how if you if you prefer us to ask questions or if you just prefer to give us your opinions on that. I'm I'm fine either way. Uh, so I I know the one you're talking about yeah. here. So uh, later on in the Red Strings Club, which is a fantastic game, I mm-hmm. love that game. Absolutely it's beautiful. It's yeah. very well put together. Yeah. Uh, you are given the the dead name of a trans character and some very some very unnecessary information in the game mm-hmm. uh, about that character and it serves no purpose mm-hmm. from from a narrative point of view i'm i am a writer oh. i started off writing mm-hmm. like when i was when i was 7 i started writing my own screenplay version of monkey island like <laughs> i that kind of yes and mm-hmm. and that kind of nerd yeah uh, mm-hmm. The the outing of that character in Red Strings Club served no purpose yeah. other than to say, he is a trans character. We want you to know stuff about them that they wouldn't want you to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that game was, that act was defended by, I think it was by a, a trans writer in their group. But in the team, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. but... Not- as someone who does a lot of trans activism and queer activism as a whole, okay. it it felt unnecessary and it felt essentially like you were outing someone who didn't want to be outed. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if that character never comes to comes to you and says I'm trans, they mm-hmm. just get their personal life thrown into your face. Yeah. So and and, and it's good to hear from you, especially. Um, 
on your terms because the stance that we kind of took on that was a sort of, you know, because we didn't really feel that we had the right to take a side. We just basically sided with the, with the writer. Uh, so it's really good to, yeah, because just because of the fact that they, um, themselves were, um, LGBT. Yeah. Uh, at least uh, one of the, I think two of the team members, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And, and that's not to say there's anything wrong with them or anything invalid mm-hmm. about their opinion, but you can't, I hate to say, but, but no, of course, there's but. <laughs> not just because you're queer doesn't mean that you can't be problematic in a way that of you course. do things, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which is the same as it goes for all marginalized groups. I'm going to yeah. say that. Like, I'll, I'll be the first one to say, do not ask my opinions of how to treat other Asian people. Cause I just, I, they, I just have the way yeah. I, the way I've grown up and the way I was raised, I, I'm so, I, I don't understand a lot of things that uh, are actually offensive to people. So just, you know, it, it, it out of pure ignorance, right. Just cause mm-hmm. I don't know these things. And, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we're, we're looking at this as a, we're looking in the real world for an example of that. And there's that certain trans woman who is going for governor, I believe, in one of the American states, who is an entirely problematic trans person. Right. Um, right. who yeah. is actually feeding into anti trans propaganda every step of the way along her campaign. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess so, uh, so I guess the second part of my of that question regarding uh Red Strings Club is uh you know f- from where I sit through my eyes through my life and my experience I actually thought it was an interesting way to do it just because it allowed the character to be represented the way they wanted to be represented while also kind of letting us know exactly what their story was. So I guess the question for me is like how would they've been able to convey that part of their story um, without doing what they did? Probably. I mean, there, there's always ways to do it. There's always narrative ways. And I, I say this even, even as someone who writes my own queer games, mm-hmm. is that there's ways to do things and ways to do things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the way that it was done in Red Strings Club was very in your face. I see. Yeah. It was it was mm-hmm. very it was it was kind of the equivalent of that character in Mass Effect who says, Hi, I'm trans. Except yeah. in this case it wasn't even that character who gets that agency. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the way it was done in Red Strings Club stripped the agency from that character. Mm-hmm. Well put. They didn't have they didn't have a chance to say, No, I don't want this information made public. Right. Right. And agency is hugely important, especially gotcha. for queer people, because I'm I am perfectly happy to stand up and roar from the hills, hi, I'm trans, I'm non-binary, I'm queer as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to beat me if needed. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not saying that that's how all people should be. Right. I'm not right. saying that I want... Like, I'm not going to go around throwing around my dead name, and if anyone finds that out, I'm going to be very upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I still get emails coming to me in my dead name, and that's essentially what happens in Red Strings Club. It's mm-hmm. someone who pops in and sees someone else writing down information of you you really don't want them to see. Mm-hmm. Is there a way they could have done that better? 
yeah, I mean, you could have talked to that character. Yeah. You you get a chance to talk to that character in the game. Mm-hmm. So right. let them say it in their own way. Mm-hmm. So but basically a quick fix would be just, just give that character some agency in the matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Let let yeah. let that character say at some point to you um even a subtle hint. It doesn't even have to be a hi, I'm trans. It can just mm-hmm. be a subtle a subtle pass is like, oh, that was a different me or mm-hmm. you know. Right, right. Like mm-hmm. yeah, no. I, I I often say it was a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. Or that was a different right. me that thought this or said this. Right, um, right. Do you do you think that perhaps, uh, and this would just be speculation, I would imagine, on all of our parts, but but do you think that the writers behind that game were maybe trying to trying to put a personal experience into their game and maybe just didn't think about how it's going to represent the community as a whole? Because oh, yeah. for me, I'm just and trying to make sense of, you know, how you could maybe perhaps accidentally or, or not, you know, um, poison your own water. <laughs> uh, no, de- definitely. It's how people want to tell their stories is entirely up to them. Yeah. Like if they if they thought that that was the best way to get their story out, then that's up to them. Mm-hmm. And if that has inadvertently uh poisoned their waters when it comes to other trans people, then that is that is a, a side effect of their storytelling and you get that from all kinds of storytelling right yeah Um, Yeah, like they they have a right to say it just as anybody else does to interpret it how they will exactly i am not going to say what they did was wrong i'm going to say what they did made me have some angry feels because i i streamed that game i went all the way through it and i streamed it Uh, and then i got to the end and i just sat quietly for about three uh, minutes uh, and i'm just going (sighs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I was doing a little bit of research for this episode, I kept coming across the term queer coding. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is and what that means? Oh, definitely. Um, so queer coding is uh, the narrative or visual act of displaying characteristics that are generally either stereotyped or heavily brought into the culture of queer people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you see this, you see this a lot in, uh, especially older games, but it still happens more, still happens recently, where there are visual aesthetics or the way a character talks that mm-hmm. queer people will look at and go, I'm feeling represented. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens, that happens quite a bit. Uh, it's usually used in, a negative way, I was gonna say, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we get this a lot with, uh, especially a lot with older games where you had very effeminate uh, antagonists, mm-hmm. effeminate right. ma- male antagonists, uh, because they went queer coding. Uh, the effeminate masculine is uh, a gay characteristic. So we are going to make our villain 
like that because you can identify them as evil because you know they lisp or they have flappy hands or something like that right mm -hmm. uh you you get that a lot with the older japanese games unfortunately oh, yeah. yeah uh that that happens a lot um and there is nothing wrong with queer coding as long mm -hmm. as it kind of follows on so mm -hmm. you can use I, I tend to use Bioware a lot as examples for these because they have a lot of queer characters throughout their games and some of them are done well and some of them aren't. Uh, a positive example would be, uh, say, Sarah in Dragon Age Inquisition, who is, is a very strong lesbian character. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. she, she's very, uh, very anti-authoritarianism. Uh, mm -hmm. She's very screw you, I'm going to do things my own way. Uh, in and it, and it works very well for that character. And then you have, uh, opposite that, you have Jack from Mass Effect, mm -hmm. uh, who has, who is a really sad, terrible example for this, actually, because uh, there's things like full body tattoos, shaved head, lots of leather, these are things that have has been part of the queer community for decades. This is this is dating back to the seventies and eighties, even further, even mm -hmm. uh, where these were kind of big elements of a visual aesthetic. You know, we're here, we're queer, mm -hmm. and a lot of these aesthetics are very visual because it's like we're going to be different because you've made us to be different. Mm -hmm. uh, in Jack's instance, it was. Uh, what's called queer baiting because they introduced all of this, but they only gave you a straight romance option. Oh, so, huh. yeah. So you'll, you'll see, you'll see this coming up a lot and it's part of yeah. the, uh, make mass effect legendary exclusive, uh, exclusive, inclusive, inclusive, um, yeah. because a lot of the, uh, queer romances, from the Mass Effect series were stripped out after they'd already been written, mm. after they'd already been after they'd already been voice acted. But why? Oh. Because Ray. of pandering to the right. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Because of Fox News. Because Fox News started putting out stuff about how queer characters in video games were ruining children oh and were all of this sort of stuff and the management and it is always the management i am as as someone who focuses on the dev side of things it is always the management that makes these decisions right mm -hmm. told their staff to remove those that content from the games mm. so they stripped out at least a half dozen queer romance options right. across the board Wow. Uh, and those files are still in the game, though. <laughs> and modders have put those files back in the game. And with Mass Effect Legendary yes. Edition, they've put the full romances back oh, in the game. Oh, good. Yeah, baby. Awesome. Uh, which is fantastic. But uh, EA and BioWare won't even talk about it. Ugh, yeah. Uh, no, no so surprise. there is actually a, peti there's a petition up online right now to try and get them to put it all back in because... They put out this game during Pride Month and they won't talk to their queer fans, many of whom are diehard Bioware fans. Like, mm -hmm. we, we, on the whole, we love Bioware games because ever since, God, Neverwinter Nights, I think mm -hmm. it was, it was Neverwinter Nights before Knights of the Old Republic, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Um, I, I would guess I think, yes. Just yeah, from what um, I recall of the engine, I think uh, I, yeah. I, I imagine it's a little bit older. Yeah, ever since then, it's given us queer romances that we haven't had in most games. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah, so that's... Sorry, I rambled. I do that a lot. Oh, no, no. that's... <laughs> Please fine. do. It was, all, it was all very relevant, but, so... Uh, very interesting. Yeah, so, on, on the whole, uh, queer coding, including... Is including of uh, LGBTQIA plus aesthetics and narratives into characters and then queer baiting is when you do that and you don't follow on by making the characters queer right i wanted to follow up with my initial question with kind of the, the sort of the exact opposite I, I, before it asked you know bad representation in in, in classic games and, and I'm, I'm just kind of curious as far as like modern adventure games let's say you know like Red Strings Club or any of the Wadget Eyes or just, you know, the, the millions of modern, classic-style modern games. Um, are there any that have had a notable positive um, representation in them? Like like any that, that we could kind of look at and be proud of that they they handled it, you know, just on a human level, handled it well? We actually have quite a few, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so... Like everything back to, say, twen- there's a bunch dating back to about 2010, actually. So these have been going on for about the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. So you had uh, A New Beginning. Right. I think that was by Daedalic. Uh, and Daedalic have actually come up with a few point-and-click adventures that have some positive representation in them. Uh, there was, as I said, the Dreamfall chapters, which was the follow-on from The Longest Journey. Mm-hmm. That had them. Uh, we had uh, 2064 read-only memories, mm-hmm. which had mm. some fantastic representation in it. Uh, the management side of things, again, entirely problematic, but uh. the characters were great. Uh, we had Night in the Woods, which we had a pan a pansexual protagonist. We had a gay couple and we had a trans woman in that. And that was all very good. Mm-hmm. And we had we've had a bunch of indie games, of course, because like that's kind of where the most of the voices are at the moment. Yeah, uh, right. The most notable Definitely. being probably from the studio Up Media, I think it was, who made a very campy, very gay series of games, which included my ex boyfriend, the Space Tyrant. Um, <laughs> these are some very there's some very interesting games, and I really love them. Uh, and probably my favorite from the last decade is Techno Babylon. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, right. Uh, yes. From Wadjet Eye Games. Totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, holy crap, they did so well. Their team is fantastic. Uh, but that one, you had a trans psychic, uh, sidekick who was both was quite open about who they were, but not in a, hey, by the way, I'm trans, but in more of a a jokingly kind of way that is more identifiable to trans senses of humor, I guess, and trans Mm -hmm. relatability. You had uh, gay couples, you have lesbian couples, so it's like good representation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we've definitely had it, and we've definitely had it in the adventure game field, especially the point-and-click adventure game field. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it helps that 
adventure games specifically are one of the few where the mechanics aren't based around violent acts in general. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And the moment you start putting violent acts into your game, it starts making queer representation questionable as where is it in the game and why is it in the game? Right. Right. Yeah, so... Like, in a, in a role-playing game, it's totally fine, but the moment you get to, like, a fighter game or a shooter game or something like that, you just have to go, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I've been trying to think of a good way to ask this question, um, but it it's relevant to the fact that uh, Paul and I are making a point-and-click adventure game with, with Anna's help. Um, <laughs> of course, she's a big part of it, too. Um, and there will come a part of the game where it's, um, you know, it it wouldn't be out of the question to come across some sort of an LGBTQ character. And uh, if it were, you know, and you know, we want to be inclusive and have representation, so we would consider uh, putting a character in. But, you know, at the same time, like, you know, the whole reason why we're having um, you as a guest on here is because we aren't necessarily the best ones to tackle this in a tasteful manner. And mm-hmm. sort of wondering, like, is, is this something which, you know, which would be more important um, putting in the effort for representation or just staying out of it because it's just not our place? It's a very good question. And one that I don't think gets asked enough. So here's, here's my view of all this. So representation is usually important and not everyone can, not everyone can speak from their own point of view, especially when it comes to representation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best way to go ahead, if you want to be inclusive, and being inclusive is fantastic because it it shows to your audience that you are welcoming them as an audience, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. fantastic, which is what you want. Yeah. The best way to go ahead with it is to first ask someone from that, audience is this sort of character or this sort of writing okay right and then follow that up by letting them play it or read it or sense to uh test it for themselves before it goes right. public essentially mm-hmm. yeah so so basically direct message you in about three months <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's fine and and this is the thing like so even even for myself and I'm I'm writing a visual novel, Kaiju Noir. It's all about big queer giant monsters, and I've got queer representation from across the spectrum in that one. And even I have had to go to uh, trans people in my general community, especially in the games community, and say, "Hey, is the way that I'm telling this story okay, mm-hmm. or is this the way that I'm telling right. this character okay?" Right. Mm-hmm. So. And and letting them try it and giving them a chance to talk about how they would feel in that position. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. more than uh, fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's so very you, smart. Something uh, Reg- Registrings Club probably could have benefited from trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's an example of this story worked for me. Is it going to work for you, or does it make you feel bad about it? Right, right, right. Uh, that's actually already come up once with our game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah. that's the way you do it, especially mm-hmm. if you're 
go go to the right source uh, to talk about that representation as well. For example, you wouldn't go to a cis gay man to talk about a trans woman character. Right, yeah. Just like you wouldn't probably wouldn't talk to a trans trans man about a cis woman lesbian character. Things like that. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. uh, right, yeah. everyone comes from different points of view and everyone mm. comes from their own perspectives. And including those characters, fantastic, and I love it. Um, if, if you're going to voice the characters, please make sure you get characters from that background <laughs> yeah. to do the voices. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's something we see a lot of, unfortunately, especially with trans characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of, lots of cis act- voice actors getting those roles. But in general, inclusivity and representation, fantastic. Just mm-hmm. make sure you go and check with people from that community that you are trying to represent mm-hmm. that the character yeah. is a good character yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, no that's that's fabulous advice because i think representation is as rick said is is very important to us you know as far as making sure that you know everything from ethnic backgrounds to to gender and, and things like that are included so that you know anybody playing could you know just just connect like you said best better than i could put it is that, so they could feel welcome and feel a part of the the audience um not mm-hmm. looking you know voyeuristically through sheets or something in the background um <laughs> but i think my fear and this this is where i would 100% take your advice and and contact you if that's okay um is i i wouldn't i would already know based on your advice to not have them walk up and say hi i'm the trans character in the game um, I, to be, to be fair to myself, I wouldn't have done that prior to talking to you either. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> it's good to hear. In, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but in, in, in our game, for example, the, there's really only three main characters and the rest are not single serving, but you know, you, you go throughout days, you know, you might see one in a day. So in other words, we don't, we don't have, we don't have space, let's say, for for a, a, another main character. But if we come across somebody in day four who's trans, is a very small window to do that correctly. You know what I mean? Because we're mm. not going to have time to necessarily establish them as a, you know, as one of the main characters, or just just establish them a lot in general. But we also want to seize the opportunity to make people feel welcome. So, you know, I feel like that's almost a recipe for disaster as far as <laughs> accidentally just being like, hi, I'm the gay character and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm represented well and I'm super nice and you're nice to me. So that box is checked. So I guess, yeah, that's my, my concern is with a small window of opportunity, how to do it well. And, and this goes back to our previous uh, question about queer coding. Mm-hmm. So you might be better off including some, visual or uh, narrative direction there that hi- that dr- hints towards them being queer or trans or whatever than that mm-hmm. outwi- outright say it mm-hmm. because ah, some because yeah. someone because someone might just go i see what you're doing there that's good and that's what you might ah. get mm-hmm. um and i'm Totally happy. Uh, if anyone wants to chat, I love talking about queer games and there's, I keep an entire essentially curated list on itch of these sorts of games. And there's plenty in there that are very good visual representations and story representations of how to get a trans character's identity across without saying it. Oh, nice. nice. Um, uh, yeah, that's great. 
so like my my advice there is play games written by queer writers because they will usually have a way to say it in a way that makes more sense than hi i traveled to the andromeda galaxy (laughs) to get away from my identity by the way here's my old dead name yeah Uh, yeah yeah um, well, actually, you know, uh, why don't we take the time now, uh, as we're sort of uh, winding down on this episode, uh, why don't we take the time now to uh, go over, you know, any uh, plugs or promotions or uh, shout outs that you have? Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you mentioned that you're working on a few games, so, you know, like, fill us in on what you've done or what you're doing. Please. Uh, yeah, so I'm currently working on Kaiju Noir, which is a visual novel uh, based around the the themes and tropes of old film noir movies, you know, like Casablanca yes, and right. Maltese Falcon and all that sort of stuff. But instead of humans, it's giant monsters who live in, <laughs> in an underground city uh, and who have to deal with a lot of the things that have come down since hiding away from humanity because humanity's terrible. Um, <laughs> and it's <laughs> yeah. a big, big mystery, uh, and that's getting done, hopefully getting done by the end of the year. Uh, for the release for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wrote a small game called, uh, small game slash experience called They Live Here Now, which is a kind of a slice of life of a car- of a trans person who has left the Earth on a solo space mission cool. because they don't want to have to deal with transphobia on Earth anymore. Mm-hmm. So they've they've gone to Earth and I'm uh, gone into space and. All they have with them is like a soft toy and a plant called Chuck the Plant. Let's see how many <laughs> see how many point and click nerds will get the reference yeah. in that one, uh, <laughs> and just kind of how they would live their life, um, just being themselves, and you know what what you would give up just to be who you are, without mm. anyone kind of trying to stop you. Um, but outside of that, I run the Digital Diversity Project, as I talked about before, which spotlights LGBTQIA plus game developers. Um, I've got a bunch of blogs and interviews with those devs, and I also keep a curated list of their games up on itch. Nice. Okay. Very nice. And I'm looking at Kaiju Noir. It looks it looks absolutely gorgeous. I, I really like mm-hmm. the... Um, the emphasis on the, just the particular colors of each monster, like the, the the way it pops out and gives them their own personality, that's really cool. And I, I just wanted to ask, what is your role in in the development of the game? Are you doing like the coding and writing? I'm at the moment. I'm doing everything except the character art. Wow. Uh, that is a wonderful um, artist named Lewis uh, is doing those, and I'm not doing the music. That is by a wonderful trans woman who lives in my city mm. uh but everything else nice. is me so i've been writing it and programming it and doing the backgrounds and all sorts of stuff and <laughs> mm. since the start of it and i'm really loving it and i'm hoping i can get it out soon but the main character artist has been very busy lately so mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to catch up with him and uh and you have a twitch you mentioned uh is that still go- you still keep that going 
Uh, yeah, so I'm just uh, NB Kaiju on Twitch. I stream relatively erratically, um, mostly because mm-hmm. I've been waiting to hear back about job stuff, but I've got a new job recently, so it's oh, just a matter nice. of Congratulations. getting the... Uh, when, when, you know, when you've been unemployed for a while, you tend to lose motivation for a lot of stuff. But yeah, I, I'm a pretty variety streamer and hope, hoping to get back into doing my digital diversity streams, which is essentially I just sit down with a bunch of the games by those queer devs and play through them and usually have a lot of feels. Cause, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause those games tend to have a lot of feels going on. Mm-hmm. Um, quick, mm-hmm. quick bonus round question for you. Um, I'm just curious personally. Could you, um, Tell us some, just some of your, maybe, maybe like a top five of, of your, your just favorite games. Mm-hmm. Just in, in, oh. in general, I guess I'm saying, re- regardless of anything, just to, just to know you better. Which, what are some of your favorite games? Oh, oh, this is, this is a fun one. Uh, so favorite games, top one had, I'm, I'm unfortunately a LucasArts diehard mm-hmm. for, for most of my favorites there. Uh, I'm, gonna have to say like, i'm probably gonna say monkey island bloodshock's revenge in terms of favorite game right uh, nice that that one's tied very hard with the first one it's hard to hard mm-hmm. to just yeah. def- decide to find which of those two i liked more <laughs> yeah. uh after that probably sam and max hit the road mm-hmm. just because that is mm. fun and weird uh talkie Techno- or no talkie Talkie. <laughs> nice. I, I, I grew I up like with the, the talkie. talkie. On that one. Yeah, that's a good I, one. I, when I was, yeah, we got the, uh, we got the LucasArts vault, like the archive. Mm-hmm. Volume yeah. two. Yeah. I got archive and volume number three. <laughs> we got, I think we got one and two. We got the ones with most of the LucasArts games and we got the one with mo- uh, the adventure games and one with most of the Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. Nice. Right. Um, one and two. Yeah. I remember hating uh, Rebel Assault because of how mean it was. <laughs> yeah. was evil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably going to say Techno Babylon is up there as honestly one of the best point and click adventure games oh, I've such ever a great played. Game. Yeah. 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 That pushes that uh, up my list. <laughs> <laughs> God. I own it. I've supported them, but. <laughs> And uh, and you know what we since we are we we do genuinely love LucasArts and and Sierra but just to throw us a little Sierra bone what would, what would your favorite Sierra one be? <laughs> uh, Lost Secret of the Rainforest. Oh, great so choice. Eco, Eco Quest Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My problem with my problem with um, Sierra Adventure Games and I actually talked to Ron Gilbert about this a few <laughs> years ago <laughs> when he was down for PAX is that. I don't like failure states in my games. Right. I don't like to be able to get to a certain point and the game could go, no, you don't get to go any further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair um, enough. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and, and uh, so many Sierra games did that to you, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but the EcoQuest games didn't. Mm-hmm. That's like, right. You, you, could, you couldn't fail them, you couldn't play three hours into them, and then they said you didn't save the mouse when it came past being chased by the cat, so you didn't get the needle out of the haystack, so you didn't do yeah. this. Start yeah, again. Yeah, you ate the like, sandwich, yeah. Eat, eat the sandwich, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've you, honestly... <laughs> I've never finished a King's Quest game. I have never finished. I refuse to play the Police Quest games, um, in general. Mm. Uh, but generally, any of those Eco Quest, I love. I grew up with it. I had it on floppy disks, and it 
yeah, it was one of remains one of my favorites to this day. That's it's probably up there. I don't know if it is my fa- one of my top five, but it's definitely one of my favorites. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really uh, cool mention. And I will say just just for a fun fun nerdy fact. So in in Echo Quest One, there there wasn't supposed to be fail states, but it is Sierra. So they accidentally overlook something to where uh, I don't know if you remember, but it, there's like a there's a section under the water where you have to you have to move totem poles and, and get a certain yeah. thing going. And and apparently there there's a fail state there. I can't remember the exact details, but it was just funny to me because they were trying not to have a fail state and they still did. And then on the <laughs> other hand, it's also a children's game, which is really cruel to do to a child. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I never ran into that one and I'm kind of glad I didn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> Up there on top five probably is Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines. Mm, nice. That was a that's a damn good game, um, and I'm probably just gonna chuck this one in there just because I can. I'm gonna chuck like 2016's Doom, yeah, because yeah, like nice. just because I feel like there should be probably a shooter on that list, and that one is just big mm-hmm. and fun and it's cathartic. It is, and yeah, sometimes yeah. you just need a cathartic game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, now I've got, now I'm thinking about the the failure state thing. So back in 2016, Ron Gilbert was down to show off Thimbleweed Park mm-hmm. uh, in Australia because he was down for PAX, and I'd ended up at like the post post PAX like drinks area, and I'd just taken over a table near the booth where they were showing off Thimbleweed Park, and I just. I have my game and it's a lot of fun. And then I just sit there at the table and bring out my tablet and I start playing Secret of Monkey Island on my tablet with a bunch of friends. <laughs> and Ron just kind of side eyes me. Yeah. And then he just kind of gives up showing people Thibboy Park, leaves that to his like co coworkers and co devs. And he just comes over and we just start chatting about Monkey Island Aww. and like <laughs> the, 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 loom, the loom joke and our shared dislike for failure states because like i i don't know it's gonna be one it's one of my little hills that i die on is that when you read a book you don't get told halfway through the book that you've been reading it wrong mm-hmm. and that right, you have to go right. back and start again and that's what like point and click adventures especially are storybooks mm-hmm. they are yeah, big absolutely. stories that you get to take a part in the moment mm-hmm. you get told sorry you didn't read uh, this bit right, so you have to start again. Just... Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, personally, yeah. just throwing my own opinion as I had, I, I, I think if you are going to do a fail state, like, I, I'm not a hundred percent against it, but it should be something where it's very obvious and it's on you that it happened. Mm. Right. Yeah. Some something in there needs to be a. Uh, the equivalent of popping up with a message to say, "Hey, by the way, you're not going to be able to finish the game now," or some sort of yeah, some sort of a warning. Like as long as there's like warning, we're all about warning shots, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's it's the equivalent how in uh, Oblivion, if you ended up killing Vivek, they, uh, Morrowind, they'd say, "Sorry, you, one of the main characters has died. You can't complete the story yeah. now." Yeah, um, right, right. <laughs> The mouse from scene three has died. You cannot complete <laughs> King's Quest four. Mm-hmm. God, five. I can't remember now. They do blend together. Yeah. But, yeah and, but you know, 
the, the Felsies, they're, they're not acceptable in, in any regards. It, it, I'll, I'll lend forgiveness if they were by accident. And I do feel, I think that a lot of the Sierra Fail States were not intentional, but I know for almost a fact that all the Roberta Williams ones were intentional because she's <laughs> just, just <laughs> the worst. I mean, I love her. I love her to death. I do, but dear God, like she, she likes an amount of punishment in her games that I could never imagine. So yeah, th those are off limits. And I've gotten to the point, as much as I love Sierra games, if I don't remember the game extremely well, I'll Google the, the name of the game and then dead end or fail state before I play. And thank God the good people <laughs> on fandom always have the warning. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get a walkthrough, but I will note the three things not to do or to do. Yeah. Like don't have to dash that much. Yeah. I'm fine if the game has ways for you to to fail like to die like yes. you've got yeah. the indiana jones games there were plenty of ways for you to end up crushed under something in that uh the broken yeah. sword games there were plenty of ways to to die in that one uh, but they never able to die in the broken sword games yes oh yeah. um, i never found those. so yeah uh generally by uh having bad interactions with the gangsters mm. uh Funny broken sword story, actually. So I bought it twice in my life. I bought it once from a secondhand, like a uh, computer uh, market when I was about nine or ten. That was the first time I got it, and then I bought it again off eBay recently for my collection because I'd lost it in that time. Mm -hmm. And both times it had come with a printed copy of the walkthrough. <laughs> 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 so wow, I just assume nice. that the thing to do that that it says at some point is please print out a copy of the walkthrough before you sell this game off because <laughs> it's such a weird one. It's just like of the of all the games I've ever owned, that's the only one that has consistently come with the previous owners had to print out the walkthrough for it. It's probably for that goat scene. Yeah, that's right. Hundred percent him for the goat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> Walking calls out before anything else. Uh, what's your What's your Twitter and, and Twitch? Mm -hmm. I um everything for me is just under nbkaiju e n b y k a i j u. Uh, that is for Twitter, Twitch, my website, all that sort of stuff. So nice and easy to find me. Okay, great. Well, uh, you know what? Thank you so much for joining us. I, I, I swear every single minute of this episode I was just been uh, learning for me. So that's, uh, mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I, I know uh, some people, you know, these days some people can be really exhausted of having to explain things to people who really should know better by now. Uh, so that I really appreciate your patience with uh, taking the time to kind of educate us on something which we really should know better by now. And it, it, it it's on us that we aren't but uh you know we we do we do want to learn we are trying and so you know we we do um uh really uh we, we really appreciate you helping us out here you're, you're very welcome this has been really nice and in the end it is the media that helps our understanding mm -hmm. and this is something i always say is that if we can have positive representations of this sort of stuff in our media, in our games, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we don't end up having to ask as many questions when we're older. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah. because because I never got to see a non-binary character in a game mm -hmm. up until I was in my 30s, <laughs> I didn't know about that stuff because I'd right. never seen it in a movie. I'd never seen it in a right. game. Yeah. It's only from talking to other people 
that I learned about it. And yeah. that's that's how these things work. If we don't see our own representation, if we don't see things that help us question who we are mm-hmm. and the world around us, we don't properly relate to it. Right. And, you know, if if we had these sorts of characters and these sorts of themes in older games, then we'd be more likely to be open and understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's what I want to see. And that's why I'm happy that you're going to put, you know, a queer character at least in your game. And I'm happy to talk to you about it and why Absolutely. I think education and representation is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and especially when you when you when you put it that way, the emphasis and the importance it, it does it does begin more and more to feel like a bit of a responsibility because you wouldn't want a fellow human or potential friend to be living uncomfortable and not sure why, and it's all because mm-hmm. the media and, and the, the the things that they are able to consume around them hasn't ever stopped to be like, hey, this is an option, and there's others, <laughs> you know, that that understand, and <laughs> you know, so exactly. it, it does put quite an importance on it that this. This is honestly a really big thing. It is like, so we, we skirted around, uh, the question being asked for before is like, what do I prefer to get to prefer to play if I have a choice between a male character and a female character? Is that I have always preferred to play women characters in games because I was forced to play a male character for so mm-hmm. long in my life mm-hmm. that playing one, playing anything else is good. Mm-hmm. Like is still better. Mm. I I actually I actually do the same thing. If it if it's an RPG, I play female characters because yeah. just even as straight cis like completely basic, I've just like I've just gotten tired of sort of like well we have enough of that. We could do that. I could do that anywhere else. Just you know. Yeah, there, 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 are enough, there are enough women, so I just want to play a woman for once. I've it's- always played a male character, always, and and even now I still do. And and I've actually, you know what? I've always just wanted to play whatever character I wanted. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of gender for me. I didn't see it in games or in real life that much. I just, but I, I just, I always wanted to play who I thought would be the coolest character. And and it's just nice now that I'm starting to get some of the choices to be able to really make that decision for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that we lacked. It's something that we really mm-hmm. lacked in older games. Uh, it's something that we're slowly getting hold of in the last 20 years is this ability to build characters that we want to relate to or that we think are just more fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a lot of point and click adventure game protagonists who weren't men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we had Laura Bow, we had Rosella. Uh, yeah, we we didn't mm-hmm. have a lot yeah. of protagonists there. Mm-hmm. Um, and having choice is good, and you don't have to put every choice in every game, but having mm-hmm. a variety of games out there that have a variety of choices is the important thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well said. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah, thank you very much. I I guess it's about time to wrap this up. So thank you very much once again, Kaiji, for joining the show and uh, helping us out through this. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, it's it's just been an absolute blast. Um, So those of you at home listening, uh, please... uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, you can find us on Facebook. We're a group and a page. 
Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at CGG Podcast. Uh, we are on Patreon if you would like to support the show. Thank you very much to all of our supporters, particularly those in our extra special thanks tier. Those would be um, Una and Gus, Jean-Francois Paget, uh, Jay Holmes, and Mark Fillion. And speaking of Mark Fillion, please go and support the Chinatown Detective Agency, his upcoming game, uh, which listed on Steam. Uh, if I'm you so have, looking forward to that one. Right? Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. Oh, man, I can't. Everyone is <laughs> at this point. Too. It's just so oh, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, if you have any questions for us if, or comments or disagreements or anything like that, uh, send us an email, mail at classicgamersguild.com. And uh, until next time, uh, th- thank you all for joining. Don't do murder. Yes. 